It's time for the Ron and Brian podcast. Get ready to fill your ears with the latest news, politics, current events, and whatever else we feel like talking about this week. And now, your hosts, Ron and Brian. All right, here we are back again. Brian, it is a very special Sunday night, 8 o'clock. You and me here for episode number 200, Brian. Brian, can you believe that we have made it this long? No. (laughs) Um, And at the same time, absolutely. We are a force to be reckoned with. We are each week one step closer to global domination. Each week, another episode of uh, a one-hour entertainment that has been released to the masses. Um, uh, the, the the Ron and Brian universe is growing um, every week. So do I believe that we will hit 250? Yes. Do I think we will hit 300? Yes. 400? Yes. Okay. All right. 500? Definite. 600? Maybe. Possibly. Depends how healthy we keep ourselves. Well, well, I think there's only one way to ensure that we keep uh, healthy, and that's to uh, keep drinking. All right. So are you saying you want to start off with our drink of the week? Why not? Drink of the week. Drink of the week. Slosher. Drink of the week, drink of the week, drink of the week. All right, Brian, what did you bring to uh, celebrate episode 200? Oh, going old school. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm rocking thanks to the Huntington New York Theater in Paramount. The Paramount Theater in Huntington. Once more, Brian stole beer, walked out with a, a, a cardboard box filled with beer. I've got about seven or eight of these. Hopefully, I'll knock some of them out. But what you're looking at, people, here is um, this is Corona Extra from Grupo Modelo, which is currently owned by Constellation Brands. Brewery location, Mexico City, Mexico. 4.6 ABV. It's a Mexican lager. Beer Advocate scores at 57, which makes it ranked 3,699th in the world. It's an affordable and widely available Mexican lager that's known for its drinkability. It's refreshing and crisp and uncomplicated. It's lighter than some of its competitors with a light yellow hue in the glass that's reminiscent of straw or faded copper. The nose, some sweet malt, and a bit of that signature skunkiness. Skunkiness? Jesus Christ. Come through along with a hint of citrus and green apple. On the palate, Corona is immediately recognizable with a sharp effervescent that immediately starts at the tip of the tongue and travels upward. Any lime okay. uh, in that beer? I did put a little uh, uh, lime juice. All right, nice. Should I keep going or? I think I, yeah, I think you've probably given Corona more promotion than they deserve. You seem a little winded. Have a drink. You seem a little parched as well. Um, while I talk about 
the beer that I brought to the table this week. Uh, it is Philadelphia area's own uh, Victory Brewing from their Monkey series. This is Twisted Monkey. Uh, this is a Belgian-style blonde ale with mango clocks in at 5.8%. It's a refreshing twist on mystical flavors. Fruity Belgian yeast is enhanced with an exciting twist of mango, resulting in a big flavor refreshment that only the monkey can deliver. Uh, I'm a fan of the of the Monkey series with uh, with Victory. So there it is, a nice uh, nice body to that, nice hue. You can kind of a mangoish hue on that. So let's take a little sip. It's absolutely a nice color. Ah, it's good. It's so good. It's refreshing. Walk me through it. Walk me through it. What are what are you experiencing as it passes through your past your tongue? I mean, it's smooth. Uh, it's fruity. You definitely get the uh, the citrus taste. You get the mango taste. Uh, not too bitter. Not too not too front forward with the alcohol. Uh, this is, uh, I, would, I think, uh, now that we're getting into warmer weather, you would refer to this as a crushable beer, Ryan. Ooh, Ron, Ron has moved away from the stouts yep. over, over to the crushable beers. Yep, it is time. It is time to get into lagers. It is time to get into ales. Uh, it is time to get into lighter beers, uh, seltzers, perhaps. We'll see. We'll see what the what the months bring. It's time for me to get into some sundresses. You know that this time of year, I love putting on a sundress. That's right. You know what we are only a few months away from? What? The return of hot podcaster summer. So we're not going to break out the sound effect just yet, but it's March. So that means, or excuse me, it's April now. So we're even closer. We're only a couple months away uh, from hot podcaster summer. I know, Brian, you've been missing that. Uh, it'll come back soon enough. But you know what's coming back right now? It's our Beef of the Week. Ron and Brian's Beef of the Week. Brian, what's your beef this week? You know... You know I had to I think, think about, about it. it. I had to I think long and hard. hard. Did you? Um, how do how I do say I this politely? Okay. okay. So, are you are hearing you an echo, or am I only hearing an echo? echo? I'm not hearing an echo. Anybody? Echo? echo? No, echo. no echo. I'm hearing, I'm hearing an, echo. an echo. Echo. That's an echo. So, Ron, Ron take your beef. I'm going to jump out. I'm going to jump right back in. All right. Brian's going to hop out real quick. Um, of course, it wouldn't be episode 200 without some audio issues, um, so he's going to fix that echo. He's going to come right back, and we are going to listen to uh, his beef of the week. Of course, I don't want to take his thunder. I don't want to get into my beef of the week until he comes back, so he is back. Let's get him back in the feed. Brian, we've been waiting for you patiently. What's your beef of the week? Okay, here's my beef of the week. It is conceited people who cannot deliver on the very item that they say they are the best at. Please explain. A week ago, and exactly a week ago from tonight, I started the episode with thoughts that you could not be beat. 
you have for months, going back to, I believe, October, maybe August, bragged of your competitive nature and that nobody can defeat you. Nobody can bring the great Ron down. To the point that we incorporated a game in our After Dark Pajama Party available on Patreon behind the paywall. If you want to join, Ron will be putting up the link later, where we invite our Patreons together and we we have a game. Can you beat Ron? Question mark. Ron, every week has sat there and said, we'll play this game. I cannot be beat. I cannot be beat. Yep. Last week, as part of our March After Dark Pajama Party, two very good friends of the show, Chanel and William Esquire, came on and decided that this was the month that Ron was going to show weakness. The game was in celebration of Women's History Month, which it was in March, because we are allies, Ron and Brian are allies. And Ron, you were asked a series of questions about women and their contributions that they have made to society, to art, to history, to politics, to culture, to lifestyle. Sorry, please continue. And you lost. I did lose. You did get beat. I did. Uh, it's no longer can you beat Ron, but it is you can beat Ron. Yeah, and will you do it again? So if there is any self, so first off, my beef of the week is that Ron has, for the better part of the past six months, bragged that he could not be beaten. Was a lie. He can yeah. be beaten. If yeah, there's any silver lining into any of this is the fact that um, Janelle, who was just incredible in her domination of you, um, and I know you like to be dominated. I mean, that's something we've spoken about off and on at right, various right. times. Um, but uh, in, a, in a show of, of just, you know, what a great person she is, she decided to take the $25 winnings that she was um, eligible to um, direct towards her favorite charity. And she gave, she decided to make that charitable donation towards Planned Parenthood. Yep. <clears throat> which has got, which has recently come under great attack by the um, far right um, in power, the far right not in power. Their, their funding has been slashed across the board. Um, we all know what a great cause it is. Planned Parenthood is not just for abortions, but they are in all 50 states, I believe. Um, and they provide um, health services at low to no cost to women um, and men, I believe, also, not just uh, women, but um, of all different types. And um, it's a, a, a great cause. Janelle said, you know what? That's where I want my charitable donation to go to. And just to show you what allies Ron and Brian are is the fact that I contributed, uh, I matched Janelle's donation. Ron, you matched it as well. Uh, William Esquire even came in and he matched it. So um, uh, as part of our After Dark show last week, it came out as a result. Not only is Ron um, a complete fucking liar, but 
We also were able to contribute $100 to Planned Parenthood. Contribution has already been made. Hopefully that money goes, even if it goes to help one person receive medical care that they would not have normally otherwise been able to receive. That was a blessing. And I want to thank everybody that helped make it happen, including myself. There you go. I mean, if I had to lose, uh, which it, it, it still stings, I'm not going to lie. Uh, at least something good was to come of it, Brian. Absolutely. Yeah. Which is why, you know, we always said with the Can You Beat Ron game is that a, a charitable donation will be made to, uh, um, you know, the uh, organization of the winner's choice. Yes. Um, and uh, this, uh, you know, so... Uh, I felt that, uh, you know, especially with uh, that it was um, International Women's History Month. It was, you know, Planned Parenthood was a perfect um, uh, organization. And I could not uh, uh, have been happier that Janelle decided that she was 100% in agreement. And uh, we had a lot of fun. Um, Your heart was broken. We raised some money for a good cause. Yes, exactly. Exactly. All right. Ron? Yes, sir. What's bothering you this week? So uh, my beef this week, Brian, uh, would be with uh, with our listeners, actually, with uh, with our fans. Um, as we know, uh, two weeks no, 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 ago, no, 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 you got to hear me out here. Two weeks ago, uh, I went on a little vacation, had to recharge the batteries. You know, it's a lot uh, carrying the majority ownership of this podcast. And sometimes sure. you need to take a little break. So Brian, you know, to his credit, um, did uh, a solo show, cranked out an hour and 40 minutes. We followed that up with my triumphant return um, last week in the uh, in episode 199, Ron's back. And in looking at the analytics, I can't help but notice that the views and downloads for the Brian solo show have been higher uh, than for my return show. And no way! So what I as I what I initially tried to look at it, how I tried to look at it initially was, you know, maybe this is the the public speaking to me and maybe I should rethink my 51 percent ownership. Uh, maybe I should give that percent back to Brian and we should be equal again. I, I had those thoughts. But on the no. flip side of that coin, I said I could do that or or I could internalize that. I could allow it to make me bitter and 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 hateful and um, you know create as toxic a working environment for Brian as I possibly could. And I said, you know, let me do that instead. Let me do that. Let me make it so that Brian looks at Sunday night with just abject terror, where normally he just he loves these Sunday nights. Um, but I'm not. I, again, I, I scrapped that whole plan. But just the fact that. Uh, I feel forsaken uh, by our listeners, by our fans. Um, it hurts. It hurts. It hurts to have lost. Can you beat Ron? It, the numbers hurt. Um, it's just I'm in a lot of pain, Brian. That is my beef of the week. May I ask, because you know me, I am not a self-congratulatory person. That's not right. really what I'm about. Um, how, what were the numbers like? I mean, you know, percentage wise, like what was the drop off? Uh, I would say the drop off would probably be in the ballpark of six or seven percent. That's not too bad, but I, I can understand how that could be a little bit of a blow to your ego. But it stings a little bit. It stings. Can I do you think 
Hear me out. First off, I absolutely refuse the concept of you returning one percent ownership of this. Oh, uh, so do I. Not. I mean, that was that was a fleeting thought. Understood. I, I even if you had stuck with it, I never would have accepted it, and I'll tell you why. Because we made a wager on the Super Bowl. We bet one percent of the podcast. Correct. And I lost that bet. You did. As I lose almost all bets, and you won it. So you are fifty-one percent ownership. Um, until the next Super Bowl, when we will bet uh, double or nothing, I guess. I don't know. Probably. Um, that would make sense. My point being is the fact that what do you think if we do um, uh, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? We do solo Patreon episodes, a half an hour. We're limited to a half an hour. And then um, you do a half an hour show. We put it up on the Patreon. Okay. So only Patreon subscribers can watch. It's behind the paywall, people. Cough up a couple bucks, $5 or more. Um, and then afterwards, we do a uh, one of those uh, online surveys and ask people which one they preferred more. We could do that as well. We'll, 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 we'll put, uh, put a little note down. Put a, put a pin in that. We'll come back to that. Hold on, let me type out something here. Uh, but in the meantime, this is episode 200 and uh, sending out thanks to a uh, uh, loyal listener and super fan, William Esquire. Um, he had, uh, he's gotten us a cameo for our 200th episode. Uh, we are not sure who this cameo is from, so this will be a complete surprise to everyone except William Esquire. Uh, Brian, are you ready for our episode 200 cameo? I believe I, I was born ready. All right, let's roll it. Now, now keep him. Brian, I love Ron and Brian. I love Ron and Brian. <laughs> Actually, that's not true. Actually, I was paid to say that. I'm not saying how much, but thank goodness they had changed for a quarter. <laughs> anyway, I'm just saying, this is the Unknown Comic, and I want to congratulate Ron and Brian on the 200th episode of the Ron and Brian podcast. <gasps> ah, but I hear that they're more unknown than I am. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding, hey, and how come how come Ron gets top billing, right? I mean, why is it at the bra, the Brian and Ron podcast? Anyway, what can you say? What can you say? What can you seriously say about Ron and Brian that hasn't already been said about Kanye West and Pete Davidson? <laughs> anyway, this congratulations is from your good friend William. But remember, friends are like snowflakes. That's right. Once you pee on them, they disappear. <laughs> Anyway, good luck, you guys, on having another 200 episodes. But always remember, remember, falling on your face is still moving forward. That's right, and he who laughs last didn't didn't hear the joke first. <laughs> and remember, you can pick your nose and you can pick your friend, but you can't wipe your friend on the sofa. <laughs> and remember, a camel with one hump can go four months without water, but a man, no matter how much water you give him, cannot go four months without a hump. <laughs> and always remember, never criticize anyone. Never criticize anyone until you walk a mile in their shoes, because that way, after you've criticized them, you're a mile away and you got their shoes. <laughs> but most importantly, remember this, Ron and Brian. If your parents didn't have any children, chances are you won't have any children either. <laughs> anyway, stay happy, stay healthy, stay silly, and stay loving from the unknown comic. <laughs>
All right. Well, that is the unknown comic. Uh, what was that show he used to be on way back in like the seventies or eighties? Like make me laugh or something like that. No, uh, I'll look it up right now. Uh, still using the same material, it would seem. God damn it! It doesn't matter. It, it holds up. I thought he was on the Gong Show. No. Well, he was on the Gong Show too, but there was another show I remember him being on. Um, so the continuing a trend, we had uh, Jackie the Joke Man on previously also using uh, uh, material from a similar uh, decade. Hey, thank you. First off, yes. thank you to the Unknown Comic. I would actually buy that um, uh, paper bag. I'm sure he's already thrown <laughs> it out, but I would love um, if there was any way to get my hands on that thing. I would fucking love to to to, to have that uh, paper bag. Well, he's clearly um, Team Brian because you know he brings up why your name isn't first, and uh, that's I know that's a that's a touchy subject sometimes. I'm sure that's because William Esquire showed him the uh, download and views from two <laughs> weeks ago when Brian did an hour and forty by himself, and Ron shows that he can't go more than an hour, um, which is something that I know Mrs. Ron has always complained about that Ron doesn't you know, isn't willing to put that extra time in that he can't put that effort in that after an hour he taps out, but no, Brian keeps going for an hour and 40 until everybody exhausted, you know, no, <laughs> we're not done until everybody comes. All right. Good to know. Brian, uh, what are we going to yes. talk about on episode 200? What would you like to start with? No, Ron, as a 51% owner of the <laughs> podcast, yes. On our 200th episode, I believe it is only fitting that we talk about things that you want to talk about. I will <laughs> react. Right. I will respond. But you're in the driver's seat. You are uh, 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 leading the bus. You are at the front of the parade. You are in master control. This time's got to stop. Well, let's uh, let's start off with the uh, the Bruce Willis story. Uh, oh, it was uh, announced uh, earlier last week that Bruce Willis was going to be stepping away from acting uh, due to being diagnosed with aphasia. Am I saying that correctly? Aphasia, 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 um, which is a uh, a language disorder caused by brain damage uh, that affects a person's ability uh, to communicate. Uh, people that. Uh, uh, has suffered strokes. Well, we'll see, it'll sometimes uh, appear in them. Uh, since then, number of stories coming out, uh, kind of talking about um, issues over the past few years about you know directors, producers, fellow actors being concerned about his declining cognitive state. So, so his family uh, released a press statement. Actually, have had no actual comment from Bruce Willis. Uh, he's been around a long time. I forgot. You know, going sure, back yes. to the eighties with. Um, Oh, Why would Patton? Janelle be clapping? Why would Janelle be clapping at a cognitive disorder for Bruce? It's it's uh, I, I can't say it's that's uh, actually terrible. It's but going terrible. back to I think Moonlighting was his uh, his first big hit uh, on sure. TV, and then Die Hard came out, and then just uh, an impressive you know thirty five year career. Mm, I mean, impressive. Somebody... I don't know. I wouldn't. I, okay, and this is the thing about Bruce Willis. Okay. Um, I think that he has been in some absolutely incredible movies. Right. He's also been in a lot of shitty movies. I, I would I would say that I would agree with that. 
Janelle says that you guys are terrible. I think what she really means is that Bruce Willis is terrible. Once again, Janelle, that's not funny. Um, but um, I think what you're looking at with Bruce Willis is a man who who uh, believed in working. He was a worker. He was, he was always doing um, stuff. I personally uh, kind of go with the idea that uh, um, he had a big nut and therefore had to keep working, had to be making. I mean, um, uh, the, some of the stories that have coming out, uh, the um, L.A. Times had such a deep dive on uh, the last couple of years of his career. Like this is not something that has popped up recently um, uh, over the past, I think, four or five years. Um, as he has been putting out a stream of B and C level, uh, poor, um, uh, just poor quality movies. Um, the man's making $2 million for a day or two of work right. just so that he could be part of a movie and good for him. Problem is, is the fact that it seems like with this cognitive disorder that he has been suffering from, um, he's not really aware of what's going on or surrounding him. Um, there have been stories that have leaked out where, um, you know, he's asked, uh, you know, people at uh, while filming, um, I know why you're here. I know why you why why this guy's here, but I don't know why I'm here. Right. Um, stories from people who have been on the set where, you know, his roles have been cut back dramatically so that um, he would have an easier time uh, performing uh, examples where. Uh, you know, basically for him to to act in the movie, he is limited to a four hour day and he'll do two hours of four of four hour acting and then he's gone. Um, the earpiece where, you know, he's not able to remember dialogue or whatnot. It's a, a real shame. Sure. Um, you know, a lot of times people said that, uh, you know, he had uh, done some early gay porn in his career. I don't know whether that's true or not, but um, um, I think you're thinking of Sylvester Stallone now. Oh, no, no, no. Okay. Dominic agrees. Okay. Dominic agrees that, that yes, that, that Bruce Willis did do some gay porn. I, I, I never saw any of it, so it's still alleged to me. But um, the truth of the matter is when it comes to Bruce Willis is the fact that when you look at, uh, you know, his whole uh, catalog of work, there is some just absolutely incredible um, performances. And not only that, but there's also just incredible uh, movies that he's been in. Yes. You know, where, you know, like a Pulp Fiction. Yes, he was not the main character or whatnot, but, um, you know, would that movie have done so well had it not been for Bruce Willis? You have to wonder. And uh, amazingly, his movies uh, have grossed over $5 billion sure. worldwide. Uh, Brian, so this, this begs the question, what would your... Mount Rushmore of Bruce Willis movies be. Okay. Now, I've got two lists here. Okay. I'm limited to four movies, correct? Correct. Now, are we talking about my favorite movies starring Bruce Willis, or are we talking about my favorite Bruce Willis performances? Um, I mean, your favorite Bruce Willis movies. I did not think that I was going to stymie you with that question. I, I, that I, I, I was confused because I'm not quite sure what the difference is. Okay. Well, the difference is this. Okay. Is um, like a Pulp Fiction. Right. An amazing movie. He's got a small, he's got, he is one of a ensemble cast. 
I, I was almost like as a, a Bruce Willis movie. Okay, but Bruce Willis is I, maybe you could argue that he is the piece de resistance of Pulp Fiction, but it, it but but it's not necessarily a movie he carries. Whereas a Sixth Sense is really a Bruce Willis movie. I think just uh, movies that he has appeared in, uh, even if it's as a supporting role. Okay, well then I will. Would you like to start, or would you like me to? I would start? like to hear yours first, sir. The people okay. have spoken; they want to hear what you think. Okay, so I'm going to say fuck you to limiting me to four movies. I went with six. <laughs> All right, and and I would like to also point out that when I said six, I put up seven fingers. So you're you're doing well. I'm doing all right. I'm doing great. Life's like there's absolutely nothing going on in my life that would cause me to not be happy right now. All right. So these are my six, not in order. Okay. First one, Unbreakable with Samuel L. Jackson, written by M. Night Shyamalan. You know me, I'm a sucker for any movie that takes place in Philadelphia. This one um, uh, uh, was, I thought was an ode to comic books, and I don't really give a shit about comic books, but it was such a great, um, uh, movie that showed the dichotomy between two individuals, one who was literally, uh, uh, uh made out of glass. The man, you know, uh, Samuel Jackson plays a character whose bones are so brittle that they break at any moment. Whereas Bruce Willis played literally a man who had glist, who had lived his entire life without realizing that he could not be hurt in any way. And, and it's about his uh, progress as he gets to a place where he realizes that he is almost superhuman. Okay. Then I'm going to go with the obvious Die Hard. God damn it. You know, that movie came out at the right phase of my life. I love that movie. I can watch it at any time. I will catch it whenever at any point in the movie. Um, I feel like I grew up in the Nakatomi Plaza uh, Tower. It's you, you can't go wrong with that movie. That's Next, it. also going to go obvious. Six Sense. Bruce Willis plays again. I believe that's another M Night Shyamalan movie. You are correct. Shyamalan, my ding dong. Um, another where he plays a, a child psychiatrist who is trying to help a boy who is quite troubled. No spoiler alerts on that one. I see dead people. All right. So that's an obvious one. Here I'm going to switch it up. The Siege starring Denzel Washington. Okay. Oh, my gosh. As somebody who loves New York City, who is obsessed with terrorism, Bruce Willis playing an army general who is um, uh, uh, brought on to take over um, the government of New York City while it is going through a terrorist, a series of terrorist attacks. Denzel plays an FBI agent who, Washington, um, Denzel Washington plays, okay, all right, you know what? You don't have to really, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm catching flack here. I'm catching <laughs> flack. I don't, I don't need to catch flack. Um, Denzel plays an FBI agent who is opposed to a military uh, 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 control of New York City. That movie, also uh, uh, one of my greatest uh, Bruce Willis movies. Then I'm going to go with Sin City. Oh, okay. Interesting. I'm not necessarily a comic book fan, but God damn it, did Bruce Willis really just like nail 
the vibe of the uh, comic book. Um, uh, there was very much, you know, a a, a, a feel to that. Uh, Bruce Willis's character absolutely pulls it off. And last but not least, ending the six movies of my top four Bruce Willis movies are um, 12 Monkeys with uh, Brad Pitt, which which is about a global pandemic that um, takes over uh, the earth. Bruce Willis plays somebody who goes back in time uh, to try to save the earth from the disease that is uh, that causes literally mankind to have to go underground. Um, what I, I feel it's one of his best performances. All right, I would agree with you. Um, all right, you mind? I'll do six movies now since you uh, you did six. Uh, mine will probably be a little bit shorter since you gave us a uh, movie long synopsis of each. So, hey, Ron, but, yeah. go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> okay, hold on a second. Hold on, hold on. Clearly, the people have spoken. Yeah. That they actually prefer to listen to my voice. They prefer to hear me talk. They prefer to hear my in-depth. Sorry, couldn't resist. Um, but listen, and again, this is why we're so simpatico. I mean, five out of the six movies um, that you picked are mine. Uh, Unbreakable. No yeah, Unbreakable is one of my all-time favorite movies. It's one of those yeah. movies that I could literally watch at any point. The concept, the story was just so different from, from anything at that time. Uh, Sixth Sense, great movie. Uh, Pulp Fiction, like you said, great. Uh, Die Hard, obviously. Twelve Monkeys, uh, fantastic. I'm gonna give one. It, it, it's not a. Uh, it wasn't a critic's favorite, but it's one that I personally liked. Uh, Cop Out with uh, with Tracy Morgan and Bruce Willis. I, so bad it was good. Don't ask me why. It's just one of those ones that it was just so. Um, it was again. It was it was one of those ones he did for the paycheck, right, right. But I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I saw Fifth Element in the uh, in the. I just I couldn't get into Fifth Element, and you would think like it was a pretty solid lineup, like him and Gary Oldman, um, Chris Tucker, um, Tukovovich. Uh, but yeah, just uh, just couldn't get into it. I watched it once and did not walk away with the sense that this was a classic. So, well, uh, sad to hear, but uh, yeah, we'll have to have a, a Bruce Willis. Uh, we'll watch some Bruce Willis movies the next time you're done. Now, will we be naked, covered ourselves in um, KY jelly like we did for uh, the John Malkovich uh, marathon that we did? Or will this be somewhat different? There is a, that's the only way to do it. Okay. Should we Just do a. Sure. Should we do a, a John Malkovich uh, Mount Rushmore, or we have or have we talked enough about movies? Well, I think John Malkovich needs to um, uh, uh, retire from acting before he goes. Pay this man his money. He beat me fair and square. Chick 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 chick. All right. Next up, we've got another. And if uh, anybody is watching this right now who does not get the reference that we just threw out there. Shame on you. Go watch yeah. Rounders. Go see Rounders. Uh, so it's we have one of another- his, which is ironic because it's one of his worst performances. Oh, that is one of the worst. That is a worst. That is a terrible accent. Uh, and I think I think I told you the the clip I saw of Matt Damon being interviewed, and yeah. he and Matt and Matt Damon said they did that first take where he did the uh, the Teddy KGB voice. 
sure. and then at, at the break, like John Malkovich leaned in and was like, I'm a terrible actor. <laughs> and in that movie, uh, he was. Yeah. Well, he was. Okay. There's the thing. Um, his accent was so atrocious in that, but he's such a strong, powerful actor that you feel the weight of, um, of almost like physical harm as soon as he walks in the room. Like there's a sense of dread um, that you understand from the main character when Malkovich is in those scenes. Yeah. Kind of like our listeners feel when you come on the show. <laughs> Very similar. Very okay. similar. All right. We've got our next story is another Bruce. Brian, I know you like certain stories. You love stories about furries. You love stories about uh, incompetent uh, state politicians. And you love stories uh, from the Cornhusker State, Nebraska. This has all three, Brian. Has all three. You're calling a timeout. What's up? For our new listeners who may not be familiar with what a furry is, oh, well, as somebody who works it. as somebody who works in the hotel industry, Ron, can you please explain what a furry is? Because we, I remember during the early days of the podcast when you went into detail with your personal experiences at work with furries. Well, we, we can always have people go back and listen. Uh, this gentleman gives a very convoluted uh, explanation as to what furries are. This is Nebraska State Senator uh, Bruce Bostelman. He was actually, uh, there was a televised debate on a bill uh, intended to help school children who have uh, behavioral problems. And so this was kind of his, uh, his feedback. I'm a little shocked. I guess is what I would put it. It's called something called furries. If you don't know what furries are, it's where school children dress up as animals, cats or dogs, during the school day. They meow and they bark, and they interact with their school, with the teachers and that in this fashion. And now schools are wanting to put litter boxes in the schools for these children to use. How is this sanitary? I'm going to have a discussion with CEO Smith about this. This is something I think, how can schools allow this to happen? I think it's very disruptive within the school system. I think it's very disruptive within the classes. I even heard from one person here recently said that a, that a, that a student identified as a cat and wanted a litter box and the school didn't provide the litter box, so the student went ahead and defecated on the floor. Really? 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 School administrators, what is going on? Nebraska Department of Education, what is going on? State Board of Education, what is going on? If some kids can't wear American flag to walk through the school on their shirt, and you keep them out of school, and you kick them out of school, but it's okay if, if they wear a cat costume? And that's fine, and you have a litter box for them? And that's fine? All right, Brian, this may shock you. Uh, pretty much everything uh, that State <clears throat> Senator Bostelman said right there uh, is not true. Um, okay. <laughs> I believe that. I believe that very much. 
So um, these are all rumors that were raised in a, uh, a private Facebook group called Pro uh, Protect Nebraska Children. Um, so he uh, this went viral, obviously. Uh, one Twitter video uh, had uh, over 300,000 views. Uh, obviously, he drew a lot of uh, online criticism and ridicule, uh, so much so that he had to come out uh, a few days after that and apologize. Uh, and that uh, basically said, you know, he, he what he said was not actually factual whatsoever. Oh, so he admitted that what he said wasn't true. He he he, he said he had heard it again. No saying who he had heard it from, uh, but didn't realize that uh, he said, well, this is something I felt if it really was happening. We needed to address it and address it quickly. Sure. sure. So he's uh, going with the uh, uh, Donald Trump style of like, uh, you know, everybody's saying that yeah. this hurricane is going to go into Alabama. Yeah. And so this is, you know, this is kind of, you know, it's that it's it's the the whole challenge going on with public school restroom issues with, you know, transgender students being banned uh, sure. using, uh, you know, the, the restroom of, of what they identify as. Um, and now he's claim he literally is claiming that there was litter boxes in school districts and the schools were like, there is literally no litter boxes in any of our schools. As somebody who has interacted with furries, Ron. Yes. If, um, you're hosting a furry convention in your hotel. Yes. And they do request that the rooms come with, uh, litter boxes. Would you provide them? I mean, for the right price, yes. God damn it. I love the fact that you are a capitalist at heart. And for you, for the right price, you will just sell out all levels of human decency. <laughs> and you will just sit there and be like, shit in that box. Tap some litter over it. Um, pay your bill on the way out. And we will all be happy. Long as that credit card goes through when you check in. Mm -hmm. We're okay with that. We are more than okay with that. But I think I think this speaks to a larger issue going on in this country right now, which is the right. I don't even like this isn't even the far right anymore. This is the right who have yeah. clung to this um, uh, the, uh, agenda of we must protect the children. And um, in, in so many cases, um, they're using examples that are non-existent. Um, you know, they're the um, uh, one of the very popular um, uh, uh, themes of the right right now is uh, traffic of children trafficking, right. of children being kidnapped and molested and raped and whatnot. And um, the the uh, percentages that they are believing um, where this is happening are are far exaggerated and they're, they're almost being made made up so that they are given an opportunity of taking a moral high ground on an issue that doesn't actually even exist. And this is the narrative that the right seems to have accepted. I believe you used the word hyperbole recently. I did. But that seems to be the talking points of the far right of late, which is let's just make up an issue and um, take a moral stand on it, and that will provide us with um, a, a, a further backing. Um, there was uh, what was the the big issue this past week with Congressman Cawthorn? Cawthorn, yes, Madison. I thought it was Cawthorn. Cawthorn could be. Couldn't give a shit. He's the dude in the wheelchair who married a Russian woman, 
um, on a trip to Russia, but maybe we're we're going to pretend that he's not a Russian um, uh, asset. But um, he went on a podcast earlier this week where he talked about one of the biggest um, uh, uh, surprises for him was the cocaine fueled sex orgies that he has witnessed in Washington D.C. as a freshman member of Congress. Now. Um, this got a lot of attention and a lot of Republicans were immediately like, oh, my gosh, you need to name names. You need to tell us who are the Congress people who are participating in these drug fueled orgies. And as soon as he was confronted with it, he immediately came out with, oh, yeah, yeah that wasn't true. I just, you know, I made that up because it sounded good. Yeah. Well, the and they, they have to manufacture outrage is what it comes down to. They have, you know, they have to you know, create issues that don't exist, or they have to, you know, fight for things that, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to make it seem like they're, they're taking the high ground, but just, you know, facing just hypocritical, like this, their whole stance on um, transgender athletes just is, sure. you know, this is what, what, what bugs me about that. I mean, again, we, we've discussed that before and it's, you know, it's obviously a, a complex issue, but what's, What's amazing to me is the same politicians and pundits that are coming out against transgender transgender athletes in sports. You know, these are the same politicians that, you know, over the years have wanted to, you know, get rid of Title IX and defund sure. sports and get rid of equality. They have dragged their feet about, you know, renewing the Violence Against Women Act. They don't want to pass, right. you know, equal pay for equal wage. They want to take away women's, you know, reproductive rights. They want to take away women's rights in general. But all of a sudden, they're concerned about female athletes competing against transgender athletes. And it's, right. it's, it's just hypocritical and uh, stupid. Well, end. I mean, you're, you're, look what we're talking about. Right. Um, I had a good point in it. You made me realize it. Oh, um, you're talking about the mock outrage and you're talking about the fake outrage. Now, is that similar to you being upset that um, uh, my ep- my solo episode had more listeners than any episode that you've been part of? That's true outrage. Pure, unadulterated rage. This has got to stop. <laughs> so speaking of uh, people not really un- knowing what's going on. Um, so I, and I forgot to talk to you about this before the episode, but. There was a, a great article on... Uh, Ron, Ron, as 51% owner of this show, you are not required to run anything by me anymore. All right. There was a reason we made that bet on Super Bowl Sunday. There is a cost that I have to pay for losing that bet. This is your show. I'm just along for the ride. So anyway, YouGov America did a poll back in January, and what they were trying to find out is they were they were trying to see if Americans overestimate or underestimate the size of minority groups or majority groups, and sure. like the 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 skew of what people think and what people is actually the case in America is is insane. So um, so how many? What percentage of our country's population, would you say, are Muslim? I'm going to say 12%. All right. The people who took this poll estimated that the proportion was 27%. The actual proportion, 1%. No. Yes. Really? What well, you, you know think? what? That's I live in New York City, so I imagine that the, the percentage is a lot higher by me. So interesting you say that. Uh, what would you say the proportion of people that live in New York City is as a percentage of the population? 
of the country. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. What is the percentage of, of the of the total American population that lives in New York City? Correct. I'm going to go with uh, 8%. All right, you're close. The country felt that 30% lives in New York City. It is actually only 3%. Okay, I was right. not close. Let's just see if there's, what, what else did, were people very much off on? Uh, percent of uh, atheists in this country. Uh, I'm going to say 40. All right. You're a little high. Uh, everybody who took the poll said 33%. Not the, the first time I've been accused of that, Ron. <laughs> the actual number is 3%. No. Yes. You're telling me 3% of Americans admitted that they were atheists? That is that is what the uh, what the surveys show. Okay. Okay. Let's see. I'm trying to see if there's anything else interesting that you might be able to get here. Uh, how many people percentage-wise in this country are Catholic? Uh, 29. You were better than most. Uh, most people thought 41%. It's actually 22%. Okay. So anyway, we'll, uh, <clears throat> we'll share that link on the, uh, on our social media. So you can actually but, take a deeper dive into that if you want. I think that this just truly feeds the narrative that, um, we are not an educated country. We oh, are yeah. not an educated people here. Perfect example. Look at that. That's my reaction right there. Fucking yikes. Um, but it's the fact that this country is not educated, yet we feel so dedicated to our um, uh, uh, preconceived notions that we take our facts. Right. Here's one I'll end with to kind of to buoy that statement you just had. Uh, what percentage of the population has at least a high school degree? I'm going to go with um, 50. So the people that took the poll thought it was 89%. It is actually 65%. Yeah, yeah. We are not an educated country. No. We do not have a good education system. Yet there is an inherent belief that has been more encouraged over recent years that we are right in our beliefs. Well, and again, it's not fucking only, embarrassing. Not only is the education system screwed up in this entire country, but now it's it's you under are attack. You are ready. You are ridiculed if you are educated. Well, yeah. It, not only is it are you ridiculed if you're educated, you're considered like this, uh, a, a, you know, a, a feat elite if you're educated. Right. But the actual education system is now currently under attack amongst um, southern and uh, uh, midwestern states, where they are actually trying to limit what can be what what can be discussed. Sure. Yeah, it's it's uh, just you know, tragic. Just, it's just fucking you. tragic. That's why I say that what we should all do right now is find somebody that you love, um, uh, hold up in an, in your home or apartment with them, and be prepared to all die within the next twenty years, and <laughs> um, and 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 not think about America as a country um, that's going to exist for hundreds of years. I genuinely believe you're looking at the decline of this country. We are no longer, um, uh, you know, the uh, world leader that we once was, once were. That's better. All right. I'll accept it. It sounds a little bit better. Um, and uh, hopefully it ends pretty soon. Now, before we run out of time, can we play uh, the, uh, the Governor Ron DeSantis um, campaign song? Uh, Brian, you brought this to my attention. Uh, yep. Who was this recorded by exactly? 
This was recorded by uh, Gus Van Zant, who is the current lead singer of Leonard Skinner. All right. And uh, they they shot some video uh, with Ron DeSantis. And I don't again, I've said this before. I don't know how you look at Ron DeSantis and the 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 just blank, stupid look on his face and not sure. realize that he's just a dullard. Uh, sure. but so let's uh, let's play this uh, this new campaign song of his uh, Sweet Florida. Uh, we've got a little sure. intro uh, with uh, Gus and uh, the governor when we start off here. So let's get this going. It's a little different than what you've heard on, okay. the, on the iPhone. So okay. now I was asking them, do you like listening to it loud? Hey, yeah, however you want. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just push play. I believe so, sir. Okay. All right. Here we go. You want to hear it? Yeah. It's a little different. But it sure does get my business He stands up for what he believes So don't come down here Trying to change things We're doing alright in the Sunshine State Stay out of our business Leave our gov alone Down in sweet Florida is red, white, and blue. Oh, down in sweet Florida. He's shooting us straight, telling us the truth. Yeah, that's right. You can take it to the bank. He don't care what Brandon thinks at the White House. Yeah, he's fighting for the right to keep our state free. Free. Well, he's taking on the swamp and he's calling out Dr. Fauci. Fauci. He's the only one fighting for you and me. You and me. Yeah, we're free. Yeah, we're free. Down and sweet. Brian. Ooh. So if if there are any complaints to be made, uh, Brian uh, asked that we uh, included that. Shway, Florida. Okay, first off, those songs always are historically shitty. Like, they're just, it's just a shitty song. Right. It's not a very good song. Um, This is something that would make Kid Rock uh, jealous that he didn't write that song. Right. Um, Second of all, I mean, don't get me wrong. there are certain things that took that 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 you know are uh, DeSantis is bringing to the table. I don't think he's a hundred percent wrong. Do I think he's ninety five percent wrong? Yeah, I do. <laughs> but um, do I believe that there are state rights, and do I believe that a governor of a state should be able to dictate what goes on within that state within like their their legal means? Sure, why not? Um, but holy fuck. Florida has been a shit show. It is a shit show. It always was a shit show and it's only gotten worse. And the people that are being attracted to Florida, in my opinion, are making, are are actually making the state even worse. So um, what is Florida? 
So what I find most uh, uh, shocking and surprising is that DeSantis has such a national profile that he really is um, the strongest contender to Donald Trump for the Republican nomination for uh, the Republican Party uh, for president for in, in 2024. Which is frightening as hell. And he's free, free in Florida. And he's fighting for our right to get sick and go on a ventilator. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, every every bad law that you see coming out right now uh, seems to be originating in Florida. Can you do me a favor? And I know we have a bit where Ron explains shit to Brian, and I don't think we have a bumper for it. But can you please explain to me what the recent uh, legislation in Florida was that um, uh, limited the education for uh, uh, LGBTQ uh, conversations in the schools? Because I was not following it, but it suddenly blew up when um, Florida passed a law or they were um, uh, pushing forth a law. And then I know Disney didn't want to get involved, but then they came in hard and now they're getting a backlash. Right. So you're, you're referring to uh, the parental rights in education bill, uh, which has been labeled as the don't say gay law uh, that uh, Governor DeSantis signed in. So basically what it does, uh, first, it bans instruction or classroom discussion about LGBTQ issues for kindergarten uh, through third grade. Um, it also empowers parents to sue, sue a school district over teachings that they don't like, um, and the district would have to pay for that. Uh, and it requires schools to tell parents when their child receives mental health services. Okay. So that's basically the three major tenets of the bill. All right. Listen, um, I uh, don't agree with it. <laughs> That's me. No, no, no. And I'll tell you something. That's why I live in New York, which is the almost the opposite of Florida, where New York is very heavily regulated. Um, government does have a lot of say in what we do. And it just so happens that a majority of the people in New York agree with the um, regulations and the direction that the state government um is pointing us towards. Well, I think I think you would say that a majority of the people in the New York City area agree with that. I think once you get past Rockland County, you know, you're kind of in, you know, no man's land once you get into upstate New York. Oh, Ron, those people don't fucking matter because upstate New York doesn't fucking matter. Because they're fucking hicks and they think they live in New York, but their population numbers are so low that New York City literally describes everything that is New York. And Saratoga Springs customers at Price Chopper don't give a shit because they know they're outnumbered. All right, maybe maybe we'll remix the uh, uh, the Van Sant song. And because uh, we're not free, free in New York. And William pointed out our mistake. Where your? Oh, I'm not done, Ron. I'm not done yet. Wear your mask when you're in public transportation. Wear your mask when you're in a fucking Uber <laughs> because you're in New York, and we're trying to keep you safe. 
See, Ron, this is the kind of content that our listeners are willing to sit there for an hour and 40. Clearly. Because this is what they want. It's what the people have spoken. It's what they want. Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, now you've made completely made me lose my train of thought. Oh, uh, we did God, have. If you think that I bring anything to this table other than my job to make you lose your train of thought, then I, then you are sorely mistaken. So we do have a follow-up of the story we covered a few years ago. Uh, it was a feel-good story in Philadelphia uh, about a, a homeless man that had given uh, given money uh, to a woman whose car had run out of gas. Yeah, we love that story. A woman and her boyfriend set up a GoFundMe, uh, raised like $400,000. And then we find out the entire thing was a lie. Uh, looks like this is finally uh, completely wrapped up now. Uh, the uh, the boyfriend, Mark D'Amico, uh, finally uh, wrapped up his court case. He will have to serve uh, three years, or excuse me, 27 months in prison. And then he will also have to serve three years probation uh, and then also pay restitution and undergo gambling, drug, and mental health counseling. Gee, now the question is, now is that one type of counseling or does he have to see three different counselors? Like, is there one about gambling, one about um, mental health, and one about drinking? Uh, so it was uh, gambling, drug, and mental health counseling. Or do you think there's one counselor that addresses all three? It's a good question. I don't have an answer for you on that. I mean, he's got 27 months to go through it, so I guess he could probably break it up a bit. He's got a lot of time. He's got a lot of time on his hands. He's got time. Uh, he's got, you? hold on, hold on, time out. <laughs> he's got time in Florida because he's got drug and gambling and other substance issues to talk about because he lied and go from me. When he basically let a homeless man run a train on his girl. <laughs> uh, you got an Eddie Vedder thing kind of going on there. He's got <laughs> uh, What else do we have here? Brian, do you want to see the video of the, uh, the high school track punch? Hell yeah. That is a... If there was anything that was a obvious question, if there was anything where the world knew my answer, Ron, you asked an obvious question. An obvious question, flirter. So uh, this was, I'm trying to see where this was, uh, where this took place. It was a, a high school runner, uh, I believe, up in Canada. Um, who uh, basically got punched while running in a high school track meet uh, from someone that was uh, literally just uh, watching the, uh, the the track meet. Play that again. That's it towards the end. But uh, so yeah, so you see him running there. Literally just According to uh, to bystanders, the man who threw the punch was standing on the track. He actually wasn't even in even in the race, um, and this was during the 300 meter race. Uh, the runner kind of pushed him out of the way because he was on the track the first time around. Second time around, uh, he struck the runner in the head in his next lap. Uh, the kid did manage to get up and finish the race. Uh, the gentleman has been arrested uh, and charged, but we have not heard anything additional at this point. So if we actually had an analogy 
to what we just watched. Um, the runner in the white shirt is um, Anthony Fauci. <laughs> the runner in the dark shirt, who wasn't technically a runner, right? He's Governor DeSantis of Florida. Yeah, I think you pretty much nailed it right there. Pretty much nailed it. Um, celebrity obituaries, Brian. We got we got to say goodbye to some who folks. Who died? Um, so who did we lose this week? We lost Tom Parker, uh, lead singer of British Irish boy band, the wanted, uh, passing away at the age of 33, uh, from terminal brain cancer. Don't really know. Do I know him? Should I care? I don't know, but he passed away and people knew. Okay. Um, um I know this one hurt Brian. This one cut you deep. Uh, porn star Raven Alexis passing away at the age of 35 uh, following a battle with Crohn's disease. I don't know who the hell that was, but um, it what struck me was that she claimed to have died from Crohn's disease. Foreshadowing people, we're going to bring that point up a little bit later. All right. Uh, and then two uh, two big losses this week. First, uh, star of Sopranos and Goodfellas, uh, Paul Herman, uh, passing away on his Beansy. 76th birthday. Beansy. 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 I, know, uh, you were, I think you have his name tattooed on you, don't you? Um, upper thigh. If, uh, if the only way to see it is if I... Um, is if I uh, uh, push my ball bag to the left, you can see Beansy tattooed on my upper thigh. Um, uh, it's it's something only a few people have ever seen. Understood, understood. Uh, and then finally, uh, Estelle Harris, uh, known best as uh, Mrs. Costanza on Seinfeld. Uh, she also apparently was the voice of Mrs. Potato Head in the Toy Story movie franchise. No way. Uh, passing away uh, of natural causes. Uh, at the age of 93. Listen, you know, Ron and I, you and I are of the, you know, the same age group. Seinfeld was a, was literally, it was a, a, a life defining series. Um, the characters in it, the messages that it taught, um, you know, you know, she, Estelle Harris, she was uh, Mrs. Costanza. She was the mother that we all had. Um, in terms of a, uh, a moral compass, um, the fact that some people here find it funny mm. that she passed away, just just poor taste. Um, but it was just, you know, um, whenever she would go, George! Um, but there were <laughs> so many classic scenes. Only in 27 episodes of Seinfeld. And that tells you how incredible uh, 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 she was because... Um, uh, you would think she was one of the top six characters. Yeah. You know, to me, the, epi the, the incredible episode with her was when um, uh, she was in the hospital because she threw her back out because she caught George um, uh, satisfying himself to a, uh, if I'm not correct, it was a uh, some kind of brassiere catalog. Yes, definitely. Uh, yes. Speaking of uh, TV and, and shows, Brian, what are you watching? Oh, Okay. I've not had a lot of time in front of the TV, um, but one thing I did happen to catch earlier this week on Netflix was a documentary called, um, oh shit, I forgot the name of it. Trust it was no. Trust No One, The Hunt 
for the crypto king. And what it was is it is the story of a Canadian cryptocurrency exchange that popped up um, almost, you know, as cryptocurrency was really starting to grab a hold and um, at its peak was probably worth, you know, a couple hundred millions of dollars or a couple billions if you're talking Canadian dollars. <laughs> That's a foreign exchange joke, people. If you're not operating at my level, ugh. Um, even Ron didn't chuckle at that joke. I made a foreign exchange joke, people. This is an hour and eight minutes into the show, and I'm making 4X jokes. Anywho, but um, it's a story of a cryptocurrency exchange that's being run by this guy. Um, it was one of the first uh, uh, exchanges in Canada that allowed people to buy and sell cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, Ethereum, XLM, Scale, GRM. Stop. And um, uh, uh, at its peak, unfortunately, the uh, the owner of or not the owner, but the uh, uh, principal of the crypto uh, exchange uh, dies of Crohn's disease. Hmm. While he and his wife are in some very remote place of um, India. And what uh, the story coming out of it is that um, uh, he was the only person who had the passwords to the wallet for that exchange so that any crypto that people had in that exchange were literally lost upon his death. Allegedly. We're talking hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, so it's uh, it's. It's very interesting. Um, you know, did he die? Um, where's the money? Um, what is a cold wallet? What is a warm wallet? What is a hot wallet? What is a hot pocket? I did learn more about cryptocurrency. What is an Alabama? What is an Alabama hot pocket? Can, can I keep? <laughs> can I keep just rambling on? No, you learned a lot about cryptocurrency there. I, I learned uh, so, some things. Okay, like what a cold wallet is. Well, that's because you did not spend a week sitting in the back of the LOA tour bus with Mr. Alan Robert, who walked me through all of that, leading me up to my first NFT purchase of a Monster Chopper. Um, what were your thoughts about the documentary? I thought it was very interesting. Again, I think you know it, it really shows how people can be drawn into conspiracy theories very sure. easily with... Uh, you know, uh, what's what was very kind of telling to me is, you know, there was so many investors tied up in this whole thing and they got like two people to talk about it who were like the most into like mm. the conspiracy theory. So it's like, I mean, you 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 feel bad. There's a guy who literally loses like four hundred thousand dollars. Sure, sure. But the the underlying you know, a story was people were just greedy and they were willing to believe anything. Like the guy who lost $400,000 is because he wanted to transfer money into Canada, into Canada and not pay, you know, whatever the charge was. Sure, sure. Like 2% or whatever. And he's like, oh, I'll just turn it into crypto and get it when I get there. Um, so, but yeah, uh, good, good documentary. I would recommend people check it out. Brian, I also saw the new Scream movie. Um, not necessarily a reboot, I guess a requel, they would call it. So it's what uh, is a requel? So it's basically, you know, it's it's continuing the story, but it's not quite a direct sequel. Um, a lot of the original cast is in there. Uh, Courtney Cox, uh, Neve Campbell, uh, David Arquette. 
uh, introducing a whole lot of different uh, characters. Wee Man. Wee Man. Wee Man's in it. Yes, yes. I I would say this. It was a good way to kill two hours. Like, I don't know that I would have paid money for it, but uh, it was uh, was decent. You know, that's about about all I would say. Not everybody thought it was a good movie, apparently. No, no, apparently not. So what are you going to do, Brian? Uh, anything additional before we uh, we wrap up this 200th episode? Well, the only thing I would ask is that can you please let people know why they should join our Patreon? Um, because we're going to do another half hour. I mean, we have entertained you for an hour and 12 minutes so far. Uh, we're going to do another half hour at 930 uh, for the elite, for those that are willing to join our Patreon, to go to ronandbrianpodcast.com. Um, click in the upper right-hand corner uh, for $5. You can get uh, it after the fact. Uh, but for $10 a month, uh, you get live access every Sunday night at 9.30, including the final Sunday, like last week where we did our pajama party, where we invite our, our Patreon listeners on and you compete and can you beat Ron? And spoiler alert, you can beat Ron, apparently. So we will do that again at the end of April. We will. I will look to get my winning streak uh, back on track. Very good. Um, and also, just to let people know that the you know you can keep the banner going. Okay. I mean, I'm willing to spend another seventy five cents right. to let it keep going. Um, that the costs that um, uh, the the monies that people put towards this podcast. In terms of the Patreon, we re um, we reinvest that we're not making money off of this podcast. Right. We are offsetting the expenses of the show. This you know running this uh, website ex- uh, expenses, running our uh, uh, YouTube page, um, putting these banners together. There are a lot of costs. We are going out of pocket for that. If you are enjoying the show, if you enjoy the hour that we just put forth hour and 13 minutes, um, and you want to say, hey, I would like to help out, then um, join the Patreon. What you get for it are stories that we are not comfortable putting out to the masses. These are stories that we want to keep behind the paywall. They might be sexy in nature. They might be spicy in nature. Um, Maybe there are going to be some personal stories that we don't um, really want everybody to know about. So we want it to just be kind of like something that we're a little bit more comfortable with because we're amongst friends. Um, and uh, it, it's it's a way for you to help out the show. Um, part, you know, for example, the monies that we just contributed towards Planned Parenthood, um, some of those funds were, 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 were uh, you know, put together from the uh, money that we collect on Patreon. And if I uh, drag out a sentence anymore, uh, <laughs> Ron will tell me. Um so you got 15 minutes. If you are watching this live on YouTube and you have not joined our Patreon right now, please do so. Go to Ron and Brian podcast. Click the link in the upper right hand corner where it says become a patron. It's for as little as $5 a month. You get the audio of the show, but you are missing out for $10 or more. You get a bunch of tiers of, of, of swag, um, bags, podcast stickers, um, keychains face masks, um, other things. You get a, a um, I'm willing to um, perform sexual acts on you, um, which which everybody wants, you know. Okay, well, well, well maybe not everybody. Um, you know, not everybody wants that, but okay. Um, the point being is that this time's got to stop.
What a great show, Ron. Thanks for joining me. Thank you, everybody, for watching who is joining this live. Um, if you're listening to the audio of it, we also appreciate it. Um, I love everybody. All right. We love all of you. Thank you for joining us for 200 episodes. We'll do at least 200 more. And uh, we did not hit you with any Will Smith, Chris Rock in uh, stories. So you should be thankful for that as well. Don't care. Don't care. Done. But, uh, so thank you for joining us. For our Patreon subscribers, we will see you in a few minutes. Uh, for everybody else, we will see you next week. Thank you for joining us on the Ron and Brian podcast. We're live each week on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. You can find prior episodes, links to our social media, and everything else Ron and Brian at ronandbrianpodcast.com. See you again 